Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 66 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from AWS reInvent Conference in Las Vegas. Um, for this minicast, I would like to introduce Solomon Hikes, CEO at .cloud. Hi. <laughs> so, so, Solomon, let, let's start off with just the, the kind of broader um, AWS conference in general. What are some of the things you've been seeing and talking to customers about this week? You know, it's been a it's been a really interesting crowd. I, I was mentioning earlier, there's a lot of builders, uh, a lot of people facing actual problems at scale. Um, you know, the typical the the themes are pretty typical. There's security. There's which apps should I move to the cloud? Which apps should I not? Um, sh- should I focus on um, the new apps? Should I focus on moving existing payloads sure. you know, to the cloud? Is that worth it? A lot of conversations around that. Awesome. And, and just so I'm going to frame, frame some of my questions ahead of time here for, for the listeners, tell everyone a little bit about um, .cloud and, and your company. Sure. So .cloud is a platform as a service. Uh, our job is to make developers' lives as easy as possible. Uh, so they develop applications, and we take care of deploying them, scaling them, and making sure they run uh, perfectly 24-7. Um, so we deploy application servers, we set up load balancing, we deploy databases, monitoring, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. And, and so let me ask you this, um, because one thing that, was, that really stood out to me in researching for this is the amount of offerings you have, right? And, and how do a lot of developers really deal with a lot of all these frameworks and languages and, and that whole concept of, of kind of building a stack, yeah, um, tell me tell me a little bit about that and how that came into being. Yeah, so whenever you're helping developers build stuff, um, that's that's a it's a very important um, balance to find between simplicity and and flexibility, right? Um, typically, a developer getting started on a new project wants to go really fast. Time to market is critical, and so the more curation you can provide, the more homework you can do for them, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, the better because they're going to go faster. Uh, but if you go too far in that direction and you go the cookie-cutter route, then it'll be great in the beginning, and very quickly the developer will hit a wall when he needs to customize. Okay. And at that point, he might be tempted to leave. So the whole, uh, the central difficulty in building a great platform for developers is finding that, that balance between simplicity and flexibility. I understand. And, and uh, you brought up something very interesting while we were talking before we hit record of a, a new generation of developers and, and that really kind of only know cloud services. And I yeah. thought that was a very interesting uh, idea and it's something I'd honestly probably never really thought about. I'm, you know, I have a computer science degree, but it's from a long time ago. And so I don't necessarily relate and I'm not in that target audience. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting trend. Basically, uh, we've seen this evolution of cloud computing, of course, and the fact that increasingly uh, software is available, you know, is delivered online through APIs. I mean, if this is nothing new, but the fact that it, it's all there is, that if you're building an application from scratch today and it's your first application, probably in your mind that application is going to be architected as a bunch of services that talk to each other. And some services will be... Um, designed and operated by third parties. Mm-hmm. Um, some will be designed by like, internally by your own team, but in the end, it's all services. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of libraries uh, 
for for these for these cloud native developers, yep. if you want to call them that. And it's just a very interesting question: what will what will the landscape look like in the, over the next years uh, as it's built by this new wave of, of developers? I understand. And something I was also when I was kind of looking around is it seems like uh, certainly with with your product more so than some of the others I've seen is it does allow if a developer wants to get into the weeds they could right yeah that's that's it's all about the balance I was talking about earlier uh, we try really hard to make it super easy to get started but to let you uh, customize and um, peel off the abstraction as you need to okay uh, without kind of letting you completely on your own uh, on either Understand, and it goes back to uh, again when we were talking earlier that you you consider this uh, a multi-language PaaS and almost like a second-generation PaaS, right. which which may be a new concept to some of our listeners. Uh, some of them are just trying to come up speed on what is a first-generation PaaS, right? right? And, and so, what do you consider a second-generation PaaS, and, and what differentiates it from a first-generation PaaS? So, the the key difference is that a second-generation PaaS is all about. Uh, service-oriented architectures. So if you're thinking about your app in terms of which services do I need, how do I plug them together, and how can I add more services as I go, that's the architecture that we really support, and, and we believe that's the architecture that's that's winning in the long run. First-generation platform as a service is more about, hey, I have this uh, typical Rails app, this typical PHP app. I need, I just need a quick way, a simple way to, to put it up there on servers and not worry about it, which is very useful but it's only a first step. I understand. And so when it comes to your customers in the market, what does a typical customer look like for you? So I think it's a it's typical. Um, it's pretty similar to a lot of uh, cloud services. As you, know, as you launch, the first versions are unproven, and you're going to have a lot of... Uh, Pioneers, hackers, tinkerers, hobbyists, people who like the bleeding edge, and they can tell there's something exciting about this new service, but um, they're not going to put their, their most important project on it right away. And over time, as you prove yourself and you, and you show that you can scale and that there's a reasonable business model behind it, you have good, good support, things like that, then gradually you start attracting bigger customers, building more business-critical applications. And so I think we're... You know, we're we've been we launched our out of beta a year and a half ago. So okay. we've we've come to the point where uh, a lot of our customers, obviously, are startups, um, often well-funded startups. You know, with you know teams of maybe twenty engineers, a CTO, typically not a lot of IT involved. Mm-hmm. And over the last nine months or so, we've really seen um, a lot of movement in the enterprise space. We've been talking to agencies working with with the enterprise uh, integrators and what we call road developers mm-hmm. you know teams teams that are working on you know typically not working on core uh, line business applications but they're building the new stuff right sure. the the stuff that enables maybe new strategic initiatives mobile social things like that uh, marketing programs it's all over the map Internal okay. applications. Yep, and it really goes back to so um, to wrap it back to AWS reInvent this week. Um, I've talked to customers across the board, and it really comes down to you know there was one customer, very very small company, a small development shop, and yeah, they would 
that literally not exist if they had to do it on bare metal. And yeah. and another one was a, a very very large enterprise customer um, who you know if I said their name everyone would know exactly who it is and they're doing performance scale testing uh, on AWS and it's just something that again wouldn't be possible and so definitely uh, uh, what I'm seeing this week is you know from the smallest to the largest and I think that was probably a big surprise for me this week and but it also goes back to that concept of a sandbox. And yeah. so so you have a kind of unique feature of your of, of your product when it comes to sandboxing. And I thought that that was very cool. And so, so tell everyone a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, that comes back to our focus, which is uh, make developers' lives as easy as possible. And again, we spend a lot of time thinking about how do developers work and, and how can we help them, right, in the process building applications in that life cycle. Uh, and one thing we're really interested in is this new um, set of best practices for building applications as fast as possible uh, with, the, with the maximum level of quality, right? And one thing that comes back again and again is don't deploy it on the day you go live. Deploy it on the first day that you write the first line of code and use deployment to the cloud as, as a development and testing tool not just a, a, a delivery tool. Sure, sure. And so, you know, to, to talk about that feature, what we did is we offered unlimited sandbox. So for any application you deploy to .cloud, you, you can deploy an unlimited number of sandbox, of development versions of that application for free, and those can include any number of services, right? So you get a full, perfect replica of the whole thing okay. that you can play with. Uh, and we encourage teams of multiple developers to create one sandbox per developer so they can each experiment with new features extremely quickly without having to synchronize. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, and so we're kind of at that, that point where I'm trying to keep these a little short at yeah. the conference this week. So I just wanted to say, um, is there a place where they could follow you? Oh, no, I have to do the, qu- the, the Twitter quote, though, real quick, too. So, <laughs> so you'll give your Twitter address here in a second, but, but this, the, the, the Twitter quote was... Um, Scaling a PaaS is like Disneyland for systems engineers on crack. So, <laughs> so elaborate on that real quickly before we close it out. I yeah, so to, you know, forgot we, to throw we, that one in there. <laughs> it's it's we keep talking about the fact that making things simple is really hard. Sure. And you know, making it basically a single click for an entire application database and all services and all to just work, it takes enormous amounts of of work behind the scenes. We have a team of really hardcore systems engineers uh, solving really hard problems. Uh, they're doing the work that that you would have to do yourself if you went and used AWS directly. Right? Yep. So we're an abstraction layer on top of that. Sure. So we talk about the technical challenges of doing that. And we spend a lot of time, especially here with fellow cloud engineers, talking about the awful things that happen <laughs> behind the scenes when, yes. when stuff breaks. Sure. So, sure. But, you know, it's the fun part. For us, awesome. not for our customers. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. So, so Solomon, where can uh, people either follow you or, or follow your company and find out more about the, the product? Sure, yeah, it's really easy. You can, you can search Solomon Hikes uh, on Twitter, H-Y-K-E-S, and dot .cloud on Twitter, D-O-T-C-L-O-U-D. Awesome, very cool. Um, so uh, 
If you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. And again, going back to a few episodes ago, we are raising money for the North Carolina Children's Hospital. If you go to thecloudcast.net, there's a link in the upper right-hand corner uh, that has all the details about that. We're trying to raise um, at least $1,000 for the hospital, and we are matching dollar for dollar anything you donate. So again, it's at thecloudcast.net, upper right-hand corner. And that is it for now. Thanks for listening. Mm